MLM Nation, episode 743. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's built a team of over 200,000 and is now a full-time MLM coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us now. Let's do this. Hey, ML Nation, this is Simon Chan. This is my third time doing this episode. I didn't know how it's going to turn out, and it's been difficult. This is a special tribute to one of the most amazing leaders I know in the network marketing profession, a great friend of mine who recently just passed away on Sunday. Uh, This past weekend, I had an awesome tournament with my mini-me. He made an amazing base pitching performance. I was really excited, and then um, I got the news and really kind of just changed everything for me. So this is my third time doing this, starting this podcast here uh, as this episode, because normally I just go one take, but I really didn't know how to open this up. And because if you think about a legacy, this is what this man did, my friend Mel Clarion. And I wanted to share a couple of things in terms of creating influence. How do you really create influence through servant leadership? Because even though he's gone, you can go to his, Facebook, literally hundreds, thousands of people are pouring their hearts, a greeting because we lost this man. So I'm going to share a few stories. Mel Clarion, um, for those who don't know, I spent a big, a tremendous amount of time in the Philippines in 2008 to almost 2000, to, that, to early parts of 2011 until I had my first and oldest son, Mini-Me. So between that two and a half years, I went back to Philippines about 10 times to build a business and eventually build a team of over 200,000 people uh, and still growing today. But none of that would have been possible without Mel Clarion. Now, let me share the story how I met him. Um, the Really, the founding fathers was Ed Miguel, Mel Clarion. When you may, some of you may have heard a story where I met this lady at midnight. My wife and I met her at midnight at this apartment in Glendale, which is part of Los Angeles. And that's how the, my Philippines team started. I always wanted to grow to new markets. And it it turned out to be this woman didn't want to meet, but her husband, which was Ed, met. And um, that started the whole thing. And then a couple of days later, uh, so we did that meeting in the midnight uh, in Los Angeles. And then a couple of days later, I went to the Philippines and met Ed, her husband, Ed. And this also is amazing leader, Natsunio, who has been on the podcast. And um, from there, we... They were shopping around. So good leaders shop around. They just don't join anyone. If you want, so I'm I'm trying not to make it too personal. I just want to give you lessons as well. If you want to attract a big hitter into your business, they just don't join. They definitely just join the company. It's not about the company or product. It's about you. They join you. And what Ed and not, and also Mel Clarion, they brought in Mel later on, uh, which that turned out was the one they all respected. He was looking for commitment because every leader was saying they would do this and do that, do that. They were very, very picky of who they would join. And I was very blessed uh, to join for them to join me. Now, I was definitely not the smartest. I was definitely not the most successful person in my company. Uh, but I could say I was the most committed, uh, meaning going. I went back there 10 times, just flying back, just you can calculate the airfare. Every time going back to the Philippines was about like, $1,500 to $2,000 and time away from my wife, which we recently just got married. I bought a big new house. I hit a big diamond rank 
and going back there all the time. So number one lesson is commitment. Are you committed? Would you join yourself? Would a top leader join yourself? And if you're not, if the answer is no, how can you level up your game where you become that leader? So for example, I made a commitment to get an apartment for my team, for my leaders to use. So uh, when I went there, even the most, and I'll share the story for another day, but uh, I had to take four flights to change my plans to fly into Manila and look at five apartments and put 700 something dollars down to get a four-bedroom apartment. It may seem like $700 for four-bedroom apartments, really cheap, which relative to the U.S. is cheap. Uh, but you have to understand, I didn't make one penny in that market yet. And I was putting in 750 I think it was $750 a month on an apartment to support the team. So small little things like that, people see your commitment. I'm being truthful. I didn't lie that I was making income claims. They knew good leaders can sniff and smell whether someone's real or fake. So I got started. And then how I met uh, Mel the first time was Ed told me, I got this leader you got to meet. I got this leader you got to meet. And it's going to be late at night on Saturday night. Uh, it was, I thought it was going to be 11, he said 11 p.m. midnight. I was like, sure. I've met them meetings at 11 p.m. midnight before in Manila. And finally the meeting, uh, I was almost in my PJs, pajamas, and the meeting was at 2 a.m. in the morning at Escott Hotel in Manila, in the Greenbelt area. And that's where I met Mel. He was driving back from up north near Clark, near Angeles, did a training there, um, and he came down. He did training for another group of people. He was a trainer, a coach, uh, a business coach. And he came down, drove down, and we met for like a 90 minutes. And Ed was sleeping in the lobby. I was up in my room, basically closing my eyes. He waited at 2 a.m. in the morning. He called me, and we did that meeting. So that was how it started. That's how I met, uh, that's how I met Ed. Uh, that's how I met Mel. And from there, they were shopping around until finally one day they said they want to join me. But I had to go do what I said I was going to do, which was I was going to get apartments, support them, get things going. Um, so that's how it happened. In November 2008, I took four flights, flew out there, and got the apartment uh, with Ed, thanks to Ed. And we just did meeting after meeting after meeting um, to 3-something a.m. in the morning, slept 90 minutes uh, at the airport gate, and then had to take the last flight out from Manila, then went to Singapore, Singapore to Kuala Lumpur, Kuala Lumpur back to Hong Kong, Hong Kong back to Los Angeles to make it in time for Thanksgiving in 2008. Uh, but those are the sacrifices you need to make. But people buy leaders, smart, sharp leaders are looking for that type of commitment. Are you ready to go do what other people are not willing to do? So that's how I met Mel. And once he came on board, he, he was the leader. You know, Ed was amazing. Ed was an amazing leader, but uh, he had some personal issues at the time, his kids, whatever. Uh, so he was taking more of a backseat and he was still building, but more of a backseat. But Mel became like the face of the team. He was leading the trainings. Every time I came to, and by the way, this is not to take anything from Ed. Ed was an amazing leader, but he had to get something sorted out. Uh, his wife was also working in the US, coming back home. A lot of, but he was building a little bit on the side, uh, still building, while Mel was taking charge of that, being the, uh, the leader in the Philippines and working with me. He was messaging me on Facebook 2 a.m. in the morning and I would be up there replying back to him. Right? And that's another thing. You got to be supportive. You want to build international? I made myself available. At that time when I was building, maybe not now, but that time I was building, I made myself available 24-7. They needed help. I'll be up. I'll be supporting them. 
So Mel was the one that always to pick me up at the airport, or if I took a ca- cab to uh, my apartment, I he was the first person I met. And I remember every time I'm meeting him, he would always so excited and believed in everyone. He believed in everyone. I remember we met this guy Arnell, and he always smiled like, "Oh, Arnell's got some great leadership." I was like, "What are you talking about?" Uh, maybe, uh, but he was always excited. He believed in people, and he would always sacrifice for people. So I'm going to share a couple of things with you. I think five immediate things that stood out was number one was he believed in people and he really focused on creating small wins, small wins for the new distributor. What small win could he create? And I remember one time, uh, and he was the, always the first person I met. When I came in, when I fly in, I'm not flying to a new city. I'm not there to relax, get a nice bath and shower or wherever. I just go right to meetings and work. I am, you know, you can say crazy, whatever this ain't. I'm going, I'm a go-getter. If I'm there for 10 days, I land and I'm not taking a nap. Once I land, especially if the flights in them, I always time my flights to arrive in Manila at 12 p.m., 2 p.m. in the afternoon. I go right to trainings and business meetings. Okay, I want to prospect and grow grow that market. I want that in mar- market. Uh, other people may take it a little easier and save for the next day. I'm right to work. So Mel was always there. I, I, that's something I really appreciate. He was he was never like, hey, Simon, go take a day break. I'm busy. Whenever I landed, he was ready to let's get going. He always create wins, creating wins, believing in people. I remember one time he came, we got really excited. We got this guy, Clark. Uh, he's making things happen. And I don't know what these people are, all right? Because now, by then, our team had grown to uh, maybe a couple hundred people. And then this guy, Clark De Guzman, who's been on ML Nation podcast, uh, was, was, was one of the earlier ones, maybe episode 60 or 70, something like that. Uh, he came on board and we drove up to his, um, drove up two, three hours. I remember we stopped by, did a bunch of different meetings, and then went there to uh, uh, Nueva Sia, where Clark's family was there. And Clark was just an accountant doing part-time, but making about a 1000 a month at a time, which is really a lot of money in the Philippines. And we're just proud, creating these small wins. And then we drove all the way five, six hours into the northern part. And now I always joke, I've been to more parts of the Philippines than most Filipinos have. And we drove the northern Luzon, and uh, we on the way back we almost got carjacked. And you know, long story short, someone booby trapped a turn in the dark mountain path. Big boulder. Mel was driving, hit the car, and the emergency bags popped. I was taking a nap. I was kind of scared. And then, um, and I was fortunate. A big truck came. A big eighteen uh, wheeler stopped by to help us. And right after, this, a motorcycle came by. And we knew that afterwards, the motorcycle guy was basically came by to car, you know, kidnap, you know, to rob us, basically, to, you know, maybe kidnap me, whatever, because I was a foreigner. But so grateful. And Mel, you know, so fortunately, no one was hurt, and we drove the rest of uh, the five-hour trip. Normally, took five hours. Took us like twelve hours to get back. But I'll never forget those memories of Mel always hustling, sacrificing, taking his money to investing back in the team. Even though he was earning well, he always reinvested back in his business or invested back in people. I remember the first time he picked me up to in the car, he wasn't listening to music. He was listening to Jim Rohn, personal development. Right? Always learning, always learning. Um, he was someone, that's going back to being a servant leader, always jolly and energetic. I think that's someone you ask anyone. Jolly and energetic. He had energy. He was someone that you wanted to be with. I could feel his energy. He had the biggest smile and energy. And he, with his fatigue, a phys- a physique. He was kind of like a, 
you know, uh, F- Filipino Santa Claus. Always jolly and happy. Just imagine that. Always a young Filipino Santa Always young and, you know, and just full of energy and life. And I think that attracts people. He's always kind. So ask yourself, do you have that type of energy? Because all leaders in every company, they got great energy. They're on stage, they got great energy. They're walking around, they say hi to them, they got great energy. Another thing I appreciate about Mel was he was the first one ever that I went to the business meeting and afterwards he prayed. You know, you, you all know, you listen, God's a big part of my life. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And he prayed. And that touched my heart. Like in the business meeting afterwards, he prayed. And after that, I started praying for other people as well. He was the first person that prayed for me in the business meeting uh, and prayed for that business meeting. He was someone that also I trust. Uh, when I went back to the U.S., I trusted him with a lot of stuff. Thinking back, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even actually know him that well. In the early 2009, I didn't know him that well, but I trusted him with everything because he was a person with integrity. If he said something, he was going to do something, he would do it. Um, and he was always there when I needed help. Integrity is like, you say something, are you going to do it? And he did that. And there was times that he did, it wasn't good for him. I said, why are you doing this? And he did it because he really wanted the team to win. He actually spend time with people that, you know, sometimes you say like, if you're in downlines, the upline only spends time with you if you make the money. He was, spend, he was the opposite. He was the person probably the, Total opposite of that. Spent tons of time with people that didn't make him any money because of the compensation plan. I was like, why are you doing that? But he wanted, he knew that when everyone wins, he would win. And he, I remember, he was like, Simon, you got to get this going. I was like, well, it doesn't really affect you. But you know what? If this group doesn't get going, the rest of the groups will suffer. We got to come together as a company, as an order team, not just our team, but as a company in the Philippines, all come together. Because if one group doesn't win, then slowly, it's like the disease it slowly affects the other groups. And, and you know, everyone says that, but he was the one who actually did that all the time. Uh, his work ethic was incredible. Work ethic. Uh, again, not much sleep, didn't need to eat, eat much. And I think that, that took a toll on his health. The last couple of years, he had some health issues. Uh, but just incredible work ethic, always sacrificing himself. Now, there's so many stories I can share about him. Uh, kind of, it's just sad thinking about this, but... You know, my wife and I, when we went there, we got to meet him. He was like the, one of the first people I introduced my uh, my wife. And and when people in the company I was, the company, you know, when I was building, always say like, there were people who are higher rank, higher rank than Mel. Oh, they're all in fast, fast, in fascinated by the cars or the lifestyle. I'll tell you, the person who held it all together was Mel. He was like the humble leader that let everyone have the glory while he made the sacrifices. And I think that's why Everyone respects him so much. And, you know, when people say like a great leader, uh, I always think of Mel Clarion. Now, he made maybe the highest, and I think the highest income, he spent so much, he wasn't the highest income because he spent all that time spending time with people that didn't make him any money. But overall, he creates a legacy. I think that's what's most important, the legacy you create. You know, I think one thing about, um, another thing to take away is it's not about, sometimes people think it's skills, right? Yes, skills are important or product knowledge. That wasn't the example of product knowledge or anything. And in the health-wise, he didn't take great care of his health, even though he was in a health company. But people joined him and followed him because of who he was. His trust, his integrity, his selfless sacrifice. Now, I'm saying this again, maybe you're bored listening to it, but it's really what it takes to be create a leader, 
can be a le- last leaving a legacy. His jolliness, his energy, his smile, contagious. The last time I saw him face-to-face was in 2017, the last time I went to the Philippines. I always made sure I wanted to see him. We only, we only saw each other for a couple minutes. Um, he wasn't feeling that well that day, but we took a picture. He had lost a lot of weight, but still had that smile, still had that energy. Now, if you want to learn more, I can share a little bit more about him, but he, he's a guy that I want to inspire, you know, so sad that he is gone. Uh, all the memories. When I think back to the Philippines, that part of my life, 2008, 2011, he was in almost every part of it. And he was like a brother to me. And he was the one that, you know, his, Mel's brother actually reached out and said, uh, I inspired him. But Mel really inspired me for his heart, for his love, for his love towards God, for his love towards others. And ultimately, I think that's what makes someone really, really successful. It's not your rank. It's not your income. It's the amount of lives that you've touched. And Mel has touched tens of thousands of lives and definitely has made a huge impact on me. And hopefully by sharing this podcast, I've impacted you as well. And Mel can carry his legacy and you can apply some of the things that I, I just shared about Mel so that you can create a better impact, more of a positive impact in this world. Hey, God bless you all. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being part of this amazing profession. Thanks again, Mel. I know you're watching from... Uh, from heaven. Miss you, brother. And thank you for all you've done. God bless.